Okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the January 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Animal Commission. My name is Michelangelo Torres, and I'm a commission chairperson. We continue to hold our meetings remotely due to the ongoing COVID-19 health emergency and based on recommendations issued by our city and state governments regarding remote meetings, including our teleconference meetings resolution under California Government Code Section 54953E. For those of you who are interested in how our commission works or serving on this commission, you can, will find that information on our website at sf.gov forward slash animal commission. On our website, you will also find the agendas, minutes, and supporting documents from previous meetings, as well as audio and video of past meetings. Uh, concerning how our commission works and who we are, I was asked to provide a little additional information about us. Many of us on the commission have received recent questions, so we thought it would be a good idea to provide a quick overview. So just so everyone knows, or just to remind some people, and uh, you know, the questions we do get too are not just from people outside of the city government, but also people within it too. So anyways, the Commission of Animal Control and Welfare has 11 members, seven voting members and four non-voting members. The Rules Committee of the Board of Supervisors recommends commissioners. Commissioners are appointed by the full Board of Supervisors and commissioners serve two years. Non-voting members are city employees who represent the Department of Animal Care and Control, Department of Public Health, Department of Recreation and Parks, San Francisco Police Department. Um, all seats are filled by members of the general public who have an interest or experience in animal matters. Seat seven must be filled by a licensed veterinarian. They must practice in San Francisco, but do not need to live in San Francisco. All other members of the commission must be San Francisco residents. And also no two individuals on the commission shall be representatives, employees, or officers of the same group, association, corporation, organization, or city department. Uh, so what commissioners do is uh, we're actually defined under uh, public health code, section 41.1 through 41.3. And we hold hearings and submit recommendations regarding animal control and welfare to the Board of Supervisors and the City Administrator. We study and recommend requirements for the care of animals in public, private, and commercial um, establishments. Uh, we also render written reports of our activities uh, that shall include recommendations to the Board of Supervisors, the Mayor, and the Chief Administrator's Office. Uh, we write about the development of policies and procedures which will further the objectives of animal welfare. Uh, we also write recommendations of additional legislation deemed by the commission to be necessary for animal welfare and control, and also um, of actions to be taken by any agency, board, office of this city, officer of the city and county for purposes of furthering the objectives of animal welfare. So a lot of, uh, just to confirm, or just so people do know that we are an advisory board who makes recommendations to the board of supervisors and to city government. Um, additional information about us is available on the websites, our websites about us page. And of course, if anyone has any questions, whether it's how the commission works, or maybe you're interested in applying to be a member of the commission, please feel free to contact me with your questions at michelangelo.torres at sfdph.org. Um, I also want to mention that we are still experiencing some delays in the conversion process that allows for the uploading of our videos to our website, of our meeting videos to our website. This delay means that video of tonight's meeting may not be on our website until sometime early next week. But if anyone has an immediate need for a video of tonight's meeting, 
Requests can be sent to me and I can provide the link and password to download the video. Requests can be sent to michelangelo.torres at sfdph.org. My contact information is also on the website. Please be aware that the link provided will be to download the video as opposed to just viewing or streaming the video. Please feel free to also follow our commissioned social media accounts. Links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages are located on our website's About Us page, which can be accessed by clicking on the blue Learn About Us button on our home site, on our home pages. Oh, excuse me, on our website's homepage. Members of the public who wish to comment during the meeting can call 415-655-0003 and use access code 2467-116-7469, followed by the pound sign. After you enter the access code, you will be prompted to enter the pound sign again. Please make your comments in accordance with the agenda. Um, Commissioner Tobin, would you like to uh, take roll from the list of names signed on to the meeting? Commissioner Tobin, I think you're muted. Okay. Um, I see Chairperson Torres. Uh, Vice Chair Ozunoy, uh, Commissioner Chan is here, uh, Commissioner Fortier is here, uh, Commissioner Rani is here, I am here, this is Commissioner Tobin, and Commissioner Van Horn is here as well. Not or absent tonight is Officer um, Sutherland from SFPD. Um, he will be at the next meeting. And Christopher Campbell of SF Rec and Park he couldn't make it. And I see that office or Dr. Sherry O'Neill from SFACC is here. Okay, thank you. Moving on to general public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission with comments on items within the commission's jurisdiction other than items on the agenda. Please note that the Helping San Francisco's Lost Cats, SFACC reporting and the commission government's presentations discussions all have their own public comment periods. So please wait for those for the public comment periods following those agenda items if you wish to make a comment on any of those items. Members of the public who wish to make a comment should hit star three on their I'm sorry, star three on their phone to be added to the speaker's queue. Hitting star three will show you as your hand raised and our and on our dashboard, and we will know that you wish to make a comment. A voice prompt will confirm that your hand has been raised. Please hit star three. Three only once to be added to the speaker's queue. Hitting star three a second time will cause your hand to be lowered and we will have no way of knowing that you wish to make a comment. I will unmute your phone line when it is your turn to speak. When prompted, you will have two minutes to make a comment. Please be aware that after your two minutes have passed, your phone line will be muted again and I will go on to the next caller. Please be aware that if we have a large number of people wishing to make comments, we may adjust the time allowed per comment to only one minute. This is done for timing purposes and to allow as many people as possible to easily provide comments. If there is a need to make this change, it will be announced before we unmute the first caller. Okay, and if I can also ask for um, Commissioner Ozernoy to assist uh, with monitoring the calls um, to make sure that I get everyone and also Commissioner um, Fortier to, to take time, that would be great. Let me check and see. Two. I currently see two uh, raised hands. And um, let me see, let me confirm. I also see two as well. Okay. Um, oh, it looks a like third. there may be a I, couple more. A third but, um, one, yeah. We will go with two minute calls. Okay, so. Okay. Uh, gonna... Nine, 13, and ooh, yes, I'm seeing a couple more, but okay, go ahead. 
Okay, we will start with caller 13. I'm going to unmute them and if we can have the can call this in as they start talking, that'd be great. I can do this. Hey, you can unmute it. You can offer your comments. Hello, this is Elda Granite and I'm, I'm wanted to speak on my concern about the firing of Tony says tech and Linda Hamlow of Tony's kitty rescue. This is going to cause even more needless suffering and death as outdoor cat population explodes and is not cared for or controlled. This additional short-sighted, poorly thought out change will have grave impact on San Francisco's birds and other wildlife. ACC seems to be transforming into a low-level dog pound. For over 20 years, under Tony Sestet's guidance and care, thousands of kittens and cats have found homes. San Francisco's neonatal kittens were getting fed every two hours through the night and provided the safe, warm, nurturing environment needed to thrive and be adopted. Tony trains her fosters and is usually available 24 hours a day to assist if there are emergencies. ACC staff works nine to five and does not have time to provide such care. Director Virginia Donahue should reinstate Tony's test tech. Virginia Donahue is the one who should be replaced. Stripping away animal services after putting up a new poorly designed building that cost the taxpayers of San Francisco millions of dollars is irresponsible and inhumane to the animals. We need a shelter director who has previous experience running a municipal shelter and a proven record for genuinely caring about all of San Francisco's animals in need of assistance. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, Elma. We'll go on to caller 16 now. You have been unmuted. You can offer your comment, please. Hello, my name is Katie. I'm a resident in San Francisco in Laurel Heights, and I wanted to thank the commission for taking more time to do more research um, when it comes to the proposed e-collar ban. Uh, I use an e-collar with my personal dog. It's a life-saving tool for me. Um, busy mom with five kids and being able to control my dog and exercise him in appropriate places is incredibly valuable to me. So I sincerely appreciate the commission's time um, or the commission taking more time to do more research upon that area. And I understand that the tool is not for everyone or every dog and I think, you know, regulation is a good thing. Thank you very much. Thank you, Katie, for your comments. We're going to go on to caller number four now. You have been unmuted. You can offer your comment now. Hello, my name is Louisa Tully. I'm a resident um, of San Francisco in District 12. I am also reaching out in regards to the e-caller ban proposition. Um, I wanted to make my voice heard and let me know that it is a tool that has been amazing for my my dog, Romy, and I. Um, we love to go on hikes, and um, I can trust and know that she is going to come back whenever necessary, keep her out of trouble with wildlife, with people on their bikes, horses, etc. Um, I have tried positive reinforcement training with her. However, she is a stubborn little girl, and um, this is what has worked out best for us. Um, I agree also that there should be more training provided for everyone that is willing and wanting to um, use an e-collar. Um, but I think that all dogs deserve enjoying their happiest, best leash-free life. 
not just dogs that respond to positive reinforcement only. Thank you. Thank you, Louisa, for your comments. We are going now to caller number nine. Hello, your line has been unmuted. You can offer your comments. Oh, good evening, commissioners. I'm Patricia Briggs. Um, I know we've talked about the live animal market um, issues in the recent past, as well as 20, 25 years ago, very, very extensively. But I was not um, uh, able to access the um, more recent uh, dealing with that issue. And my concern, I would hope that we can discuss this, is um, I mentioned to Animal Care and Control about a year ago about um, inspecting the live animal markets. Uh, the, Again, Chinatown has the most of the worst on Grant Avenue, Stockton Street. Um, and I literally had to beg them. I sent them literature with photographs and um, all kinds of reports and um, from when we worked on the issue. And the um, uh, uh, Captain Corso told me then, um, you know, that they, words to the effect, I didn't talk to her directly, I believe, um, that they needed a video. Well, we provided all that in the past. Nothing has changed. So it's there's something pretty wrong when you have to um, beg animal care and control to go out there. I had called them about six months and got all kinds of excuses until finally they sent someone out there. The guy went out there for 10 minutes and virtually told me nothing. Um, you know, he just said something minor to them and, and didn't even seem like inspect. So I think we need to go out there on a preventative basis and unannounced visits at least every six months uh, because the cruelty there is some of the most horrible I've seen in all my years of doing animal rights work. So they have fish on ice, which is very cruel. Um, not to mention fish out of water flopping all around just to show that they're fresh and alive. But it's a horrible, horrible death. And I could say a million other things, but I, I can't because of time. But I, I would like to see if we can uh, deal with this issue again as far as uh, unannounced visits. Thank you, Patricia, for your call and for your comments. Okay, now we're going to go to caller number 17. Caller, you've been unmuted. You can offer your comments. Hi. This is relating to the e-caller ban. Um, I'd also like to thank the commission for taking more time to research this issue and um, take more time to consider. Um, I run a dog training business about one hour away from San Francisco. We have numerous clients in San Francisco um, and, help, and have helped numerous owners um, with uh, dogs in San Francisco living there. Um, we had several clients email the commission um, writing testimonials of their experience using e-callers with us. And I, I really hope you guys uh, receive them and, and, and read them. Um, and again, just uh, I appreciate taking the time um, to um, consider um, this more. And um, as I said, we've we've helped many clients, um, San Francisco residents, and um, thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, before we continue on, I did want to mention as well that on our website, on the agenda page, you will see any kind of written communications or comments that have been provided to the commission. There is a link at the bottom of the agenda. So any comments that we do receive on any issue or any communications are shown there as well. Um, 
So just to let everyone know that there is some information there as well concerning um, feedback from um, the public. Um, let's see. Okay. I think, okay. We're going on to the raised hands who are in the watching via computer. Hey, you've been unmuted. You can offer your comment, please. Oh, hi. Sorry about that. Uh, my name is Francis. I am a San Francisco Bay Area dog trainer and a legislative committee member for the International Association of Canine Professionals. I would also like to thank the commissioners for voting to take the time to do research and learn more about the many ways electronic collars can be used to have a positive impact on the quality of life for the dogs we train and love. I don't think electronic collars are for every person or every dog, and I support all dog owners to choose the training methods that are safest and best for their dogs and lifestyle. Like many e-collar advocates, I believe that rewards-based methods should be the foundation to all dog training methods. However, as many callers expressed at the past commission meeting, not all dogs respond the same to rewards-based training, and many people rely on these tools to safely manage their dogs. We have held meetings with local trainers, service dog handlers, search and rescue handlers, and San Francisco residents who are concerned about how a blanket ban can negatively affect our beloved pets and working dogs. I've called and emailed the commission a few times since November, expressing interest in presenting the statistics research studies and long list of supporters in the many different ways that the tool can be used. If the commission would consider allowing us the time to present at the next meeting where the proposed legislation would be addressed, we have a small group of dog trainers, including a dog walker and also a trainer who are San Francisco residents and business owners who would love to answer any questions the commission may have on e-collar use. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for your comments. Okay, we are going to go to caller number uh, 18 now. Okay, your line has been unmuted. You can um, offer your comment, please. Hello, uh, my name is Yvette Skinner, and I'm a search and rescue canine handler. And I want to speak with you briefly about the proposed ban on e-callers in San Francisco. Firstly, thank you very much for taking more time to research and reconsider this very important matter. The reason why this issue is important to me is because the e-collar is an indispensable tool in my life-saving work with my canine. My canine works off-leash and at great distance from me. I use the e-collar to communicate and control my dog from a distance. This is an important tool for me to also keep my dog safe because my dog is not looking as a pet in a safe city environment we're actually working in searches out in the wilderness where there could be many hazards, hazards that he may not be aware of, that I may know it's in the distance, and the e-collar is an invaluable tool for me to be able to communicate and control him when working at a distance. I thank you very much for listening to my comment. Thank you, Yvette, for offering, for calling us and offering a comment. Um, I'm looking and I think that I believe that that is all the the comments we've already everyone who was in the queue has spoken. Um, Commissioner Ozenoy, do you do you agree? I'm having some trouble refreshing the the feed. I'm I'm stuck on um, right now. I'm seeing caller. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just hit refresh and there's still. I think that's everyone. 
I'm if you have spoken, uh, do you mind pressing star three to make sure that we do not miss someone who has not yeah. been heard? The, I the few that are on there, I, we have, so. Okay. Okay, so I think we're okay. We can close public comment now. Okay, thanks to everybody who offered a comment. Okay, uh, so moving on to approval of draft minutes for October 2020, I'm sorry, for October and November meetings. I'm sorry, let me just double check one more thing. Okay, perfect. All hands have been down now. Okay, so anyways, um, for so anyways, I apologize for that. Approval of draft minutes from the October 2022 and November 22 meetings, uh, 2022 meetings, excuse me. The draft minute documents for October and November meetings were distributed to commissioners earlier this week, and I believe everyone has had a chance to review them. Um, we will be voting on both documents tonight. First, the draft minutes from the October meeting, followed by the draft minutes for the November meeting. Um, starting with the October meetings, are there any questions, comments, or corrections to the draft minutes for the October meeting before voting? Okay, seeing none. Okay, let me just double check. Yep. Okay, seeing none, when I call your name, please state yes if you're in favor of approving the minutes or no if you are not in favor. Commissioner Chan? Yes. Commissioner Fortier? Yes. Commissioner Irani? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Rosenoy? Uh, Commissioner Tobin? Yes. And Commissioner Van Horn? Yes. Perfect. Okay, great. Uh, the October meeting minutes have been approved. Now, moving on to the draft minutes for November, um, are there any Questions, comments, or corrections to the draft minutes for the November meeting before voting? Okay, again, uh, seeing none. Uh, let's vote. Um, when I call your name, please state yes if you're in favor or no if you're not in favor of approving the minutes as written. Uh, Commissioner Chan? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Fortier? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Irani? Yes. Commissioner Ozenoy? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Tobin? Yes. Commissioner Van Horn? Yes. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you both. Uh, the, both the November and October meeting minutes are approved. So moving on to commissioner and uh, to chairpersons and commissioner reports. Uh, commissioner's reports regarding recent activities in the community involving animal issues that have been discussed by the commission in the past. Um, I have a few updates and an announcement. Um, so, uh, I will start and then we'll open it up to any others who have um, something to share. Uh, concerning the proposed shot collar ban legislation letter of support, I have reached out, as I mentioned um, to some people, uh, to a few of you, uh, that I reached out to the city attorney's office on how best to proceed concerning the vote uh, in support of the ban at the October meeting and then the vote to not finalize a letter of support at our November meeting. I sent a message asking about it back in November and just heard back from the office um, this week. So, um, unfortunately, the response left me a little more confused than I was originally and with even more questions. So, I am hoping to have a clarification to receive some clarification concerning next steps sometime this month. Um, so, once I do have that, I will be sure to update everybody um, and we'll go ahead and move forward um, concerning um, that issue. Uh, the other update I have also involves the city attorney's office. And this is concerning the return to in-person meetings. According to the memo that we received yesterday, it looks like in-person meetings are set to resume at City Hall beginning March 1st. 
now I've reached out to the city attorney's office for this as well, concerning this as well for clarification. As you know, we have seen this before. We have been told we are going to resume public meetings, uh, in-person meetings on a specific date, only to be told days before that that we are not going to. So I'm hoping to have more information and also to confirm the March 1st um, date um, very soon. Once I have more, I will provide an update on that as well. Okay. Um, and now for the announcement, I read that um, I heard that Virginia Donahue, Executive Director of the Department for Animal Care and Control, will be holding a question and answer town hall on Monday evening, February 6th. Uh, the town hall is being held at Manny's Community Space in the Mission. The event's free, um, but you must reserve a space. Um, if anyone is interested, more information can be found at welcometomannies.com. Um, and I apologize to Dr. O'Neill, I'm, I'm, as I'm sure, as I'm not sure if you were going to announce this as well as part of your reporting, but um, uh, I, this sounds like a very informative event, so it doesn't hurt to announce it twice. <laughs> So anyways, um, I'll be there. Um, I'm very interested um, to hear about some of the questions that she'll be receiving, and um, I'll probably see some of you there as well. Um, so um, are there any other reports or any updates to share? Okay, uh, um, Commissioner Irani. Thank you, Chair Torres. Um, I have a brief report. Um, some of you might remember the Child Nutrition Act of 2022 that we voted to support in late 2021, um, time flies. We also got our city's state legislation committee to support it. And I just wanted to um, report some good news, some bad news. Good news is Governor Newsom signed it into law in November. So that's great. It will help um, children um, have more access to breakfast and snacks at school. Um, the bit of unfortunate news for us is that the final bill that was passed took out anything related to plant-based meals and plant-based milk. It has nothing mm. to do with plant-based anything. And so really has nothing to do with animals anymore. So um, kind of some bittersweet news there, but I wanted to update everyone that, you know, that piece of work is done. Thanks for the update, Commissioner Arvani, and thank you for your hard work concerning that issue. Um, are there any other uh, updates or reports? Okay, uh, seeing none. Uh, okay, um, we'll move on to new business. Um, helping San Francisco's lost cats. Um, Demia Foti of happycatlady.com will present on her work, finding lost cats and reuniting them with their families. Uh, we're all very excited to have her here tonight. Um, Commissioner Irani, um, can you go ahead with introducing this item when you're ready? Yes, thank you again, Chair Torres. Um, so many of you have likely come across Demia's work in helping find lost cats on Nextdoor and other social media. That's how I first learned of her work. Um, anytime I saw last, lost cat posting online, Dami was there to not only share her expert advice, but to go out and search and train guardians on what to do lend and set out cameras and traps and do whatever else it took to bring lost cats home like knocking on every single neighbor's door to let them know to please be on the lookout um, when i connected with her about a lost cat in my own neighborhood i began to find out just how much time and energy and resources are required to find just a single cat um, i quickly ran out of printer ink tape and other supplies just for flyering 
Um, but Damia seems tireless. Um, she's been helping bring lost cats home since the pandemic began. Um, so I asked her to join us tonight so we could learn about what it takes as part of our ongoing discussion to better support our city's cats. So thank you for joining us, Damia, and for your compassionate willingness to help. Thank you so much. What a nice introduction. Can you hear me okay, everybody? Awesome. Yes, we can. But um, before you start, I just want to make sure, um, Commissioner Ozanai, I made you the the uh, the presenter. Um, are you able to present this to assist with the presentation? I apologize. I didn't even ask you before doing that. <laughs> That would be great. And I guess while she <laughs> tries to put up the first slide, um, I live in San Francisco, born here, and I started helping people find their lost cats during COVID. As, <clears throat> and um, I didn't know anything. Um, basically, it was, I'll wait till, eh, even before the, the visuals, it's fine is, um, well, I have five resident cats and four fosters. My husband is very understanding because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you help people find the last cat and you figure out their situation. Maybe it's a senior that needs supplies or help. And then I start gaining cats in that way. Uh, but that's okay. Anyway, that's not about lost cats, but, um, Sorry, are you having an okay time being able to share? <laughs> and it did start um, during COVID, of course, as, as I said, um, sorry. I guess I'm waiting for the screen, but that's okay. I saw a next door posting actually during COVID and that's what started it. And it was someone had ended up in the hospital and a cat was outside and and only two blocks away. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll just, my husband was like, yeah, go look for it. It's a white cat. So I just started talking to people, walking around. I didn't really think about flyers because it's a white cat. And he actually gave me the idea that why don't I tell the folks there to leave the garage door open just like a few inches because the cat had been used to going a little bit outside. And sure enough that night, a neighbor across the street spotted the cat looking over and then the next morning I found out that the cat had indeed gone into the garage. Oh, goody, there we are. Um, thank you so much. You can go to the next slide, please, um, if you can. Um, oh, yes, that so first kitty was uh, when we got back from our honeymoon, my stepdaughter wanted a kitty cat. so. We got a kitty cat. So we've had a few additions since then. So we'll skip to the next slide. And basically what I do now, oh, before I even go on, just like right before this meeting, this little kitty cat got reunited today. And it was actually this person, this is what I'm learning through this all is yes, you have to do a lot of things to find lost cats, but a lot of times I'm just there to support people. I give them the information. Yes, I do loan out 
um, traps or cameras. I print flyers for people all the time, or at least I make the flyers. I'll make several flyers a week for different people and sometimes print them for them as well if, they're, if they don't have money. Um, but this one was reunited and she just thought the cat was dead, like just gave up immediately. And I was like, no, no, I saw the posting, the way she sounded. I was like, no, she, your cat is alive, it's raining all these cats are getting trapped in garages. Anyway, so that's a, a big piece of it is really just like uh, giving people that added support because it, it's very lonely when you lose your cat if you don't have anyone else and it's just your cat. So that has been a very beautiful thing. So I do monitor 24 Pet Connect next door and paw boost, I do paw boost for 25 mile radius outside of San Francisco because I just, I'm like, oh, I can't just stop in San Francisco. I do it like really early hours, late night, and then throughout the day whenever I have breaks at work because I work at Genentech full time. Um, so anyway, so only 10% of lost cats actually return on their own. <laughs> I dream of these kind of cats. Hello, here I am. <laughs> Most cats need our help. So, and the main thing I always tell people is take action every day, every night, and cover all possibilities and don't give up. All possibilities meaning we don't know if the cat is right next door and inside the house even, um, got trapped somewhere, a neighbor took the cat in. You don't know, you don't know how a cat in survival mode acts. So you have to take, cover all possibilities, which can seem like a lot, but it's um, what you gotta do. Um, next slide. I gotta speed this up because I have too many slides. Okay, um, so indoor cats tend to hide very, very, very close and they get in survival mode. Most of them don't meow, some do. They get trapped in all these areas. I mean, I've had people call me and they've been looking blocks out and I'm like, go right, right next door, stay within, like go out the exit door and call for your cat calmly at night. Just sit on the ground for an hour, keep calling. If you have a garage, open it up, have conversations in there. And it's just amazing the texts I get within the week that are like, you're right. I don't know why I was going all over the place. The cat was trapped under the garage in a crawl space, that kind of thing. So searching the premises, calling for your kitty calmly from sunset to sunrise. I just tell people, set your alarm, like it's not raining tonight. So everyone that I respond to tonight, I'll tell them to set your alarm tonight, take advantage of this, 1 a.m., 3 a.m., just in case. Some come right back through after the 400th time you call or the 50th time you call, or it's that night or two weeks, you just don't know. And I'm, Yes, I'm all about flyering door to door, talking to neighbors, asking them to check their ring cameras, gaining access to their yards, posting up flyers. And um, I am a big advocate of using tools. So uh, cameras aimed at wet food by the escape um, point, wherever that is. And then to post online, yes. I always tell people don't rely just online, but online does work when someone actually finds the cat and then they go online. But, um, you know, a lot, a lot of elderly people don't go online at all or just have no idea. All they know is, oh, someone's going to get my cat and bring it to SFACC. I get that all the time. I'm like, actually, your cat is probably hiding unless it's super friendly to complete strangers, even when it's scared. And that's just not that many cats. So, and then of course, SFACC um, right now, 
not really accepting healthy cats and that makes it you know even more difficult for certain folks next slide okay sorry visuals hunger always wins um jude fabulous trapper rescuer um told me that um and that is you know a certain number of days if the cat isn't stuck like you are going around the block you are talking to neighbors you're flying you're all doing this but just in case the cat is not stuck somewhere um you want to leave the food and water if the, if it's if there's a garage or in the backyard and then the bedding away from the food because bedding equals safety food equals predators and I, wet food because rac, raccoons love dry food and the wet food the scent carries and then you can do as cheap as a mini blink um yeah mini blink camera it's like 25 bucks and then, of course, trapping and I have to show people how to do that. I send them videos from the community cats. Um, anyway, the class, the classes I've taken. Um, next slide. And I always have to tell people that you have to watch the whole time. You can't just leave it there because you will trap someone else's cat who may be lost. And then you've ruined the chances, you know, like sometimes people will trap and then release. Like, no, 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 you can't just do that. So anyway, it's a lot of talking to people and handholding, and it's just lovely to be able to do it. Lost Cat Squirrel just really hit home for me. Um, oh, sorry. And I always tell people, especially with the rain, to put uh, flyers in clear sheet protectors with the opening facing downwards so that they don't get ruined. And I use a lot of tape so people don't rip them down because people do rip down those darn flyers. Um, so Lost Cat Squirrel, um, has a wobbly leg syndrome, can bear, doesn't walk very well. And I reached out to the folks and we were talking and they did everything I told them to do, everything, everything. And they finally, they talked to every single neighbor. They finally got a ring, ring doorbell siding like a block away because it's all cement on their street. So the cat actually traveled further. And then next slide. And I talked to them so much and it was night 13 where the little girl found their cat and they had gone to the same place three times. It was like underneath a porch that this time they shined the light in the vent and they walked away and they heard a little noise and there she was. And they had done it three times. It's just, um, sorry, it's a he. He just didn't meow. So it's like they, they went out and walked from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night and they were not going to take no for an answer. And so I always tell people that too, is the people that are determined that take action, they almost always find their cat. I've been very lucky. I haven't had someone that I'm working with not find their cat, but I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the ones that I've actually helped the whole way through, I've found everyone, um, but I'm sure that'll get broken. You know I mean? That's just, I've been lucky, I guess, and just determined. Okay, next slide. Clementine was one of my first ones, and she also did everything I told her. And she flyered, she talked to neighbors, she knocked on doors more than once. She re-talked to people, and it wasn't until, next slide, 29 days later that a neighbor spotted her from right down there, and she was only uh, one and a half yards away. I mean, she went out there and called for the cat, did everything. But some cats, the, the scared cats, they just don't respond and you don't know. So it took someone spotting the cat. So I'm always like, you've got to talk to your neighbors. This is the one time that I'm not shy is with, with neighbors and trying to advocate for a kitty. Slide. 
Deet, uh, this kitty cat actually ended up being in the basement. The They were convinced it was outside during that hot, there was a hot spell this summer. Um, and it wasn't until I was like, you got it, let's do a camera, let's put, because it was inside, there was this dark basement on this Victorian house. Um, anyway, it cameras reveal everything. So I'm a huge, I just can't even advocate it enough. But as you can see on the left, that's the map. So I always print out a map and I go door to door and I put F for flyer. That means I got to go back there and another time to make sure I talk to someone and then I get someone's name and write it down, phone numbers, whatever. I asked for access to the backyards to get an idea. But anyway, this cat, I just had a hunch, was inside this crazy basement that was attached. And so we put a camera and we ended up trapping the cat. So next slide. Um, this is lost cat and Kitty and an elderly person, Tony, who's so sweet, and his neighbor, Brian, um, we kind of worked together. They, um, Brian fired, we were talking every day, and he, Tony was convinced his cat was gone. It had been a couple weeks before I started, so he'd, it already, he'd already, blah, sorry, already been missing for two weeks, and I was like, no, 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 so let's, let's talk to neighbors. Anyway, so ring camera video, your cat is like five houses, or I forget what it was exactly, but it was within the next block because anyway, so I go in and you have to like really work with people. It was a house with um, three sisters that was taking care of a mom that was in hospice care. And, you know, they didn't want me there. They didn't want to even talk to me, but I had to just like, oh my gosh, this, this guy's cat, can I leave food and a camera? And then, well, actually you have a ring camera. I'm like, if the cat keeps coming back for food, then I can trap the kitty. And so that's exactly what happened. Next slide. Um, so I use baby monitor and then I'm watching from a trap that has a clear end on the opposite side. I actually tried to trap this cat using a drop trap and I messed up and I was crying, calling uh, Jude and uh, a few, other friends and they said it's okay the cat probably doesn't know that it had anything to do with you let's try this trap so anyway next slide so um this is kitty and now she like does not leave tony's side and he also is adding a door has added a door from the front because a lot of senior people they'll open the door to get their groceries and then the cat runs out that has happened a zillion times next slide watching this chili this kitty was lost the same day of adoption. This is a huge thing. When cats first move into a place, I'm always telling people, like, keep a cat in a small room, a closet for one to two weeks. Let them establish that as a safe place. Then if something crazy happens, there's an open door or whatever, or something scares them, they run back there rather than out the door. So this uh, young lady just, she just wouldn't do anything. And I just was like, wow, this cat is pretty much I have to do something. It was last December, and um, I used Google Translate to do letters in Chinese because there were a lot of people um, that were Chinese within that block. But anyway, um, next slide. Thank you so much for doing the slides. And um, this one took a while, but um, let's see. Spotted by a neighbor two backyards away three days after I had knocked on doors and talked to everyone. Um, and then uh, trapped four days later. However, and 
I was there several, you know, the several nights until this cat was very skittish. Um, but then three days later, she lost her again. And I was like, oh my gosh, this cat was impossible to trap. Um, but I was like, okay, got to do it. We had a roommate moving into this place. So there was the access anyway. Um, bottom line, I did some crazy thing where I had cameras, I had rope on doorknobs going into the kitchen. And anyway, I left out, I trapped her and, um, next slide. And, uh, she's my cat now <laughs> because, uh, not that I took her from her, but it just wasn't a fit. And then she got, she, um, got a boyfriend and didn't need a cat anymore. So I was like, perfect. And, um, I have two trackers on her. I have the AirTag and a GPS because AirTag tracker is great for like um, close distance and GPS is far away, but now she knows it's home. So now she actually wants to stay really near the food. So it's fine. Next slide. Uh, uh, yeah, so Sophie is my girl too. I inherited her from um, Mei Fong who used to feed cats. Um, so, um, that's it on that slide. I don't really, I have so many slides. I need to like get to the thing. Kiko was one of my early ones as well. And she was, um, she was, uh, escaped in the backyards due to maintenance. And this one really, um, the, 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 the guardian was so sweet, but he was just, you know, it was just too, it was just so sad for him. And what happened was I knocked on doors again, but I went three times. I went to one place that I used to, I talked to who had a dog. He finally let me into the backyard and I asked him if he could leave food out. And then there's that photo that night. He was like, here's your cat. He just left it in the can. And then that same night, I didn't know anything about trapping then. So then I was like, can I leave this trap there? So I literally left a trap there, which I would never do now, but trap the cat. And this one also was uh, Vietnamese. Oh, the, I can't remember. I can't read that. But anyway, whatever I figured out, you know, Google Translate is amazing. So um, next slide. And, uh, and this is Kika Safe Home with Tico. So yeah, one of my earliest ones. Um, okay, next slide. I think we're going to indoor, outdoor cats. So this is the indoor cats. They're, you know, they take a lot of work and they're all different. Indoor outdoor cats, pretty much you do the same thing, but also sometimes indoor outdoor cats get spooked and they also end up acting like a, you know, a scared indoor cat, but they typically, they get trapped, stuck, they get moved into from a car somewhere or they get injured sick or there's a new territorial cat keeping them from home. Next slide. So it's the same idea is to do the same things. I think the difference is sometimes you have to use a wildlife, uh, so, wait, excuse me, let me see. I'm just looking at here if I put anything different on there. Pretty much it's the same ordeal, especially whether it's, it's the same thing, except for you go out like about two blocks because indoor outdoor cats are used to outdoor. But even indoor outdoor cats, all the ones, uh, most of the ones I help define are within a block, but you do get those exceptional cats that go nine blocks out or even like a mile, but I haven't had that in the last, you know, since I started. Next slide. Looking at time. Indoor outdoor cats that are get lost in an unfamiliar territory, like not from home, they actually behave exactly like indoor only cats. So they don't go far. 
they will stay right there in silence and they will remain there. So examples, kitty escapes from cat sitter's home, carriers that break on the way to the vet, walking on the leash, you know, everything's great until they get spooked. And so I'm not a huge advocate, but you know, it's wonderful that people do that. And then moves, next slide. Um, an example is Lucifer. I know it's a terrible, terrible name, but that's the name of the cat was, uh, was lost from the babysitter. And she was like, there's no way we're going to get this cat back. And I'm like, he's, he's nearby. Um, so we did this, we set a trap with food and it took a few nights and then he showed up on the camera didn't go in the trap, but eventually we trapped the cat and we, meaning she actually did the actual trapping. I set it up and guided her and that's wonderful. The best thing is to like teach people because there's only, you know, one of me or one of you, that kind of thing. But for people that are disabled then or elderly, then of course I help in person. Buster broke out of his carrier because some of these carriers are just absolute terrible. They're plastic or whatever, but um, he broke out and I told the lady, Felicia, who's wonderful, and we're, I remain friends with all my, all my cat people. Um, she, I told her that the cat would remain there and to go back at night, and she said it was a terrible area. And the cat actually ran across the freeway, ran back, and then ran towards a neighborhood. And I was like, well, I'll make you flyers, flyer the neighborhood, but go back there at night. Three weeks later, she calls me back. I can't find him, no one's calling me. Said, did you go there? No go there tonight at 10 o'clock. It was summertime, so she goes there, calls for Buster, he meows back. Three weeks, stayed right there, right behind the vet, behind a fence. It took her an another week to get him uh, because he was behind a fence, she had to learn, but the idea is that the cats don't go far when they get lost, like in a park or, you know, a new place, they stay there. I mean, where are they going? Dogs run around, but cats are like, oh, I need to hide from predators. Um, okay, next slide. Thank you. Molly's special to me because her mom was in um, hospice in bedridden and her daughter was caring for her and she had, she said, don't even bother. The cat's gone. Indoor, outdoor cat, just gone. Um, but I did the same thing, you know, same mechanism, flyer, talks to people, cameras. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I went back to Debbie's house five times, she wasn't home. Finally, she was home, she had been on a vacation. That night, she found Molly downstairs in a office that's kind of separate from the house that her daughter had closed the window when she was there, something like that. And uh, anyway, it was just the best to see her reunited with her baby before she passed. That's great. Next slide. I swear this is not going to go on forever and ever, but there are just so many amazing cases. Ninja was probably the hardest one because Ninja is an indoor outdoor cat. His human died and the family was really um, difficult. They didn't want me to flyer. They wouldn't let me leave food. I, I don't understand it. They ripped down my flyers. I really don't get it, but I was like, I don't care. I'm doing this for Ninja. So um, I would go into buildings or like I ring doorbells, like if there's apartment buildings, I ring the bells, ask, can I come in? And I'll just fold up the flyers and put them each on the mailbox to make sure they all get them because, you know, you gotta hit everybody. Um, and next slide. Um, 
during the time I was looking for ninja, I would get false sightings. And then I would be like, oh no, whose cat is this? So then I had to fly her for that cat. And then I put cameras in two locations. I had two wonderful neighbors up the street that let me leave the food. I had a wildlife camera that I would check every day and then replace the batteries once a week or whatever. And I'd give them the food, they would feed. And so then these two cats showed up and I'm like, ah, oh. so then I would fly her for those cats. And I come to find out that all these cats are owned. So amazing, but I had to knock on doors and fly her and that whole thing. So anyway, it's just, you can really spiral in this because you can't ignore another cat. It could be lost, right? Or abandoned or stray. Next slide. Ninja was found, not by me. I know after 71 days, he was only four and a half pounds, half his weight, and he was within two blocks. This is an indoor outdoor cat. So he didn't go far. He, I think those other cats were probably a little territorial. Anyway, he didn't get to the food. I have no idea, but he showed up at SFACC. Without that, he would not have made it. Um, so at the time, I don't know who trapped him. I called and said, could I just thank that person? Is there any way, can you give them my number? But I, I didn't hear back. I would love to like hug this person, but um, someone got him and brought him to ACC. So he is in Monterey right now. I actually may need to rehome him because there's a bully cat there. So I'm working on that right now. But anyway, very happy about Ninja. Um, next slide. Um, how am I doing with time? So I will skip a few slides. Okay. Uh, oh, I was going to say, um, I would yeah, because we probably want to wrap it up. Okay. Because well, we, I'm sure that we have all like lots of questions and I, I definitely. Okay. Do. I'm I so sorry. Okay. Oh, no, take, we'll, you know, do what okay. you can, but I'm you know, I was going to say, yeah, as far as looking at the time. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, Thank two you. back. Great. Hugo was found two backyards away after two weeks. She'd gone over and over and over and over again. It was like the 500th time he called. He was disoriented. So, and everyone knew this cat, but still, it had to be the guardian that kept going out, and she needed that support. She was like, I. She was devastated. She wouldn't go out, and I was like, you go anyway. Next slide. I think we're getting there. Let's see. This one was just really recent. Leo went missing on 1220. Um, um, so I did everything I normally do. Um, this is a friendly cat, indoor, outdoor, but got out through the front because of an apartment complex that had something open anyway. This is during all the rains. Someone found the cat, put it on paw boost. Someone from ACC actually also called to let them know. Next slide. Um, Leo is safe home after 17 days. I got to meet him. Um, the crappy thing is he actually died on Sunday. He, he, he was hit by a car. Next slide. We didn't know it. So that's the thing is very dangerous. This is a friendly cat, a very friendly cat, indoor, outdoor. Let's say that person hadn't found it or brought it to ACC. I would hope that ACC would open its doors to that cat because we had no idea it was injured. Um, so during this whole thing, I also have to tell people when they find cats and they post it, I also tell people to get them scanned, flyer, post, blah, 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 blah. So, but we'll just speed through this. So, but oh, well, this one's kind of important, sorry. These are things that I just have to put out there because it really makes a big difference is the SFACC policy. Uh, my dream 
is that SFACC would accept all found cats because it's impossible to know which ones are lost or abandoned and to accept kitties of all ages because people don't know what the heck to do with kittens and they can't, you know, sometimes they're just left outside. Accept cats with clipped ears. Don't assume they're community cats. I have one. Allow a finder to claim the cat back if deemed unadoptable. Call, or, call the interested party. I know that went out a couple of years ago, but that is so important. Um, and then to post on Paw Boost if a field officer finds a cat. Next slide, because I want to apply it. So Andrew was posted on October 18th and Nadine May, who's just a lovely rescuer, she and her husband went out to get this cat who had just been stuck there for three days. Next slide, on Gary, covered in oil. And then, um, brought her to the vet a very nice person jennifer Plotke, paid for the vet which was amazing because i'm going broke doing these kind of things and um and uh he was recuperated at home and gosh by the look of it in next slide and now he is with his forever home with linda and steve and it's just amazing it's actually my very first uh foster to adopt because i'm foster fail queen over here next slide this cat, um, this was when CIP was in effect. This May Fong fed this black and white cat at the parking lot. I brought it in with uh, Chris Sendell. Um, I didn't know anything. Um, he was deemed unadoptable because he froze. He was so scared. And um, I didn't know anyone. And someone told me to call Maria, give me shelter. And she did come to the rescue and provided a foster home. And now Bubba is with his I said her forever mama with his forever mama, Denise. And so that's the importance of call if the cat is deemed unadoptable because maybe someone else can call. I, next slide. And this one is the most recent, almost done, swear. And Neo was in, uh, injured, found in the backyards of this um, girl's house on next door. Sometimes I get pulled into things, even though I'm like, I help people find lost cats. I don't really do this, but oh my gosh. Okay, so I brought my trap. But anyway, cat was so sick. It was like, it came to us. So um, I called SFACC because I didn't know what to do. I said, I have an injured cat. So you guys accept injured cats? And they said, yes. And I spoke to someone who was so nice. I said, now, will you treat the cat or can I keep calling and finding out or will you euthanize? Because if not, then I want to try to help her. And the person said, I'm sorry, we can't tell you anything. And I'm like, oh, so I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, couldn't do it. So um, Nadine again reached out to uh, Tony and then Andrea's dream. It was like Tony threw Andrea's dream. I'm a little confused, but they paid for the first two vet bills. And um, oh, shocker, guess who's at my house now? This little, this little lady. Um, next slide. <laughs> oh, okay, we can skip all these. Skip, skip, skip. I think that's pretty much it. These are just like, eh, reunited. Mostly it's just to let people know that people a lot of times just need that support, that extra encouragement. Next slide. And oh, next slide. Yeah, it's really just ah, following instructions and that's pretty much it. Sorry, I went on really, really long. No, it was a great presentation. Thank you. Um, and thank you also, um, Commissioner Ozenoy for helping um, with, the, with the presentation.
Um, yes. When I went to open up the, the document, I was, I didn't have access, my access was denied. And I think it's because it was sent to a Yahoo address as opposed to a Gmail address. I, I get that problem every once in a while. So anyways, thank Sorry. you, Commissioner Rosenberg, again, I owe you one. Um, but um, it's a really, really great presentation and I'm, I'm really touched by um, your creativity when it comes to doing a lot of these things and also by your dedication and your passion. Um, I know in a lot of cases, it's not easy to volunteer uh, or to basically to do what you do, um, not only the impact that it has on you, you know, emotionally, which, you know, I know for a lot of people who are in fact, probably in our attendance as well as people on the commission, it's very difficult, but also the financial aspect of it, the, the flyers, the, the vet bills, the everything, and not to mention the time as well, sometimes probably spent away from, from earning money to help and do other things. I mean, we do it because it's a, it's a passion and it's our calling, but at the same time, you know, it, it can't be ignored the fact that you know that there are that sometimes we are taking up um we are taking up for slack that that's that, that the city isn't doing or that other organizations aren't doing um so i did have a couple questions i was kind of curious um because you know again you know we've been doing a lot of work uh, a lot of um research into um the admissions policy over at sfacc um in particular concerning loss and healthy cats and kittens um, you talked about Ninja. Um, he ended up at SFACC when he was brought in. Now, I'm assuming the reason why they, they took him in was because he had lost all that weight and he wasn't considered healthy or any thoughts on that? I'm guessing that because he must have been in poor shape. I'm guessing that. Plus, I have I have had some people say that, that SFACC is accepting certain cats. It just depends. Like... It's a little confusing, but that one that was in forgot the date already. I'm guessing it's because he was in bad shape. He was really and he half four and a half pounds, pretty small for a full grown cat. Yeah. Um, and then I also had a question concerning another cat, and this is when we talked about you know about timing and stuff. It was yeah. right before um, Leo, and it was someone who was found. I think the address was three forty five Taylor Street. Um, was that was that correct when you were talking about this cat? I don't know if you remember which cat I was talking about. That this is like kind of a, a cat that repeatedly has gotten lost. Wait, which one is that? On three forty, right before Leo. I'm looking. Yeah, between Ninja there. and Leo. You're not talking about Chili, though. No. Okay, wait. Ninja. Yeah. And if not, no, no worries. You know, I can always look at it later and ask you about it. I know. I thought that's what I heard that you had said that they were um, that you know this was like he was kind of a repeat. The yeah, only one. That, kinda, the only. I was kind of curious. Why would a cat be like a repeat? Oh. oh. Uh, you know why would why would a cat always get lost? Why would not the the guardian or the his family kind of take better care to? Well, that's a good question. I mean, people that post usually really care about their animals. Well, there are just countless ones that aren't posted that people lose cats and they're like, oh, well. So I focus on the ones that are posted because I can't emotionally take, yeah. you know, like dealing with people that don't care. But Chili was the one that was lost or lost again after I trapped her initially. And the student just, even though I was trying to train her, like this is what you do when you leave your apartment, you look at Chili and you back out and you kind of go down, you know, like telling her what to do. Um, she just, you know, I don't know. Just yeah. was kind of curious about your impressions or just kind of 
you just know, immature image this one just happened to be maybe someone that just was a little immature or and also the cat is really stealthy i mean I, that's why i put two trackers on her but now she knows this is home like she's established home where she had only been there for a, a couple she was lost on the first day then when i got her back she got lost on the third day so there was no home yeah okay curious yeah. and then my last question before we open up to other questions uh, and eventually public comments um uh, concerning Andrew, I think it was in the CIP hold and the issue concerning that or, or Neo's. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that as well. It's cause you know, we do get a lot of comments and questions concerning why has SFACC no longer, why, why is it no longer allowing a CIP hold and just the impact that like that has, um, you know, on cats that you've seen. Um, but also too, it's like, what are your, I mean, I just want to kind of hear your thoughts a little bit more about it. I think that that is the single most, I, I just really, it's just so basic. It's kind of like, hey, if you guys can't treat the cat or if you're going to put it down, or you're going to release it somewhere, just give me a call or can I call you and keep up? And then I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll reach out to groups. I'll, I'll do a GoFundMe. I don't know. I really don't understand why we can't have a communication and just be transparent. I mean, if they, I, I would, I wouldn't mind if someone says, you know what, it's just, we can't pay for all the costs. Like the cat has too much stuff going on. You want to do it, you do it. But it wasn't that it was just like, we can't give you any information. Once you surrender, that's it. I'm like, ugh. so, and that's just too much. Uh, yeah. The economic, the financial burden is just too much. I mean, I've literally drained my savings account. My husband's not happy with me. Um, but I have a job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, last question. I have one more question. Speaking about resources, um, you know, you do a lot of good work. Has has any city agency, SF, ACC, or anyone else ever offered to reimburse you or to offer any kind of assistance with resources? No, but I. I mean, I haven't asked i haven't i have really haven't explored that i haven't even updated my website my website is very basic i mean even after i get off the phone here i'm going to be like behind on lost cat cases you know it's like there's always stuff happening so i just i don't know i i'm not one to ask i guess yeah and i was just kind of curious not to say that would even be a possibility but i was just kind of yeah. curious with your experiences okay i appreciate you. your, your answering my questions and again the presentation um, I'd like to open it up to any other questions or comments or any discussion with other commissioners. Commissioner um, Tobin, would you like to start? Um, yeah, okay, I am unmuted. Um, <clears throat> I have a couple of other questions for you too. Uh, this has to be this has to do with the tools that are out there that are online because you have, I think it's somewhat fractured out there. You have people who f see a cat in their backyard. You have people who are looking for a cat. Um, how are you making that connection? And what application, what user, citizen user app has been most successful for you? And perhaps is there some relationship that could be formed in this matching? Well, that's a really great question and I'm glad you brought it up. So for me, I'm noticing that I've noticed that Pabu seems to be the one that most people, if they're online savvy, there's Nextdoor, but Pabu is sort of widespread. So I always tell people Nextdoor and Pabu. 
And of course, in person, because no one's going to see on your block this post, I can guarantee you. Um, and what's great is I've noticed well, a lot is Oakland posts all their lost or found cats on Paw Boost. And um, Hayward started doing that because I do a 25 mile radius. So that's the reason why I know. Um, so it would be great if SFACC did that too. There's no other decent app, kitty, lostmykitty.com. I don't mean to be mean, but it's just, it probably seems to be the best. I used to do Shadow that went out of business um, because they would link actually like uh, all the different um, agencies, uh, SFICC. It would just list, you could just click on it from there and check any cats that were brought in. I thought that was great, you know, um, but that went out. So it's just, it is fractured. I'm like trying to figure out, someone said, oh, do you do Craigslist? I'm like, oh no, people post there still. I'm like, I can <laughs> add another, you know, and it's like, maybe those are the exact people I need to actually contact because they don't even, they think Pabu's costs money. You can do, I always say, just do the free ad. Don't worry about it. It's just to have it there in case someone finds a cat and posts and, goes on there. I mean, Leo was instant. It was such a trip. Like it was as soon as, but you can't depend on it. And next door as well. The thing is you have to cover all possibilities because I'm always like so happy when the connection happens on Paul Booster next door, but the majority is the in-person stuff, the flyering, but yeah. Thank you. Does that? No, it does. It does help. I, I feel like there is a missing link in the um, online applications. Yes. To make this connection. And um, I guess I would encourage, although not that you're not busy enough as it is, I, I really value the work that you're doing. It's incredible. But to speak with someone, an interested party like Nextdoor to say, you guys can crack the nut on this one if you just speak with Paw Boost and have some sort of common ground on, hey, there's this calico cat running around in my backyard. People might not even be able to explain what it is because they're not cat right. people. You've got yeah. people who are identifying a lost cat. You've got people who've lost cats. So there are these strays out there and then there are the people who are actually looking for them. So somewhere in there is a connection between these applications where it might help your work um, but then the other question I have for you too is that uh, it had to do with the the lost cats. Are you starting to see any increases at all in <clears throat> reports, or do you get reports of people just saying to you, "Hey, there's a cat. They're not coming to you because they lost a cat, but they know of you, and they're like, I see this cat. Is anybody looking for it?" I do get a lot of one offs now, you know, or, you know, which is so flattering um, at the same time. Also, like a lot sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, like, I'll just, yeah, I lost my cat or can you help this person? They lost a cat. And I'm like, ah. I'm like, let me send some info first. And yeah, yeah. Um, the thing about Nextdoor, I have asked them and I will try again. Thank you for the nudge. I've asked them if we could have a dedicated, a dedicated um, loss cat or lost pet thing um because right now you have to listen under lost and found it gets drowned out in two minutes mm -hmm. and then there's the cat owners group which is lovely but if you lose your cat in your neighborhood poor cat owners have to hear about all the lost cats all day long and they're like i joined this group for some cute stuff you know it can't just all be depressing right but then it's inspirational too because there are a lot of 
found cats. You get a lot of support on Nextdoor. That's why I love Nextdoor. It also drives me crazy, but you get a lot of lovely support and you actually can talk to people. Whereas Pawboo, sometimes I send guidance. If they don't list their number, I just send them the guidance that is on the Facebook. And sometimes you don't know if they read it or not. Oftentimes they don't, you know, they just don't know to get the notification or whatever. So I, I always hope that there's a phone number and I, hey, I just posted or can I send you I'm not a creep. I always have to start it with like, I'm not a scammer. Yeah. 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 I thank you. I appreciate it. I'm sure lots of commissioners have questions. So I'm going to, you know, stand back and let everybody speak and ask questions. But thank you for your work. It's incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Tobin. Commissioner Van Horn. Good evening. I just, I, I wanted to kind of echo. Um, what our presenter is saying in the sense that even in the last three months, um, especially with senior kitties, um, you know, the ones that make it over the fence, but they can't make it quite back. back. Yep. yep. Um, I've had a number that owners were, were, you know, doing everything they could through ACC and SPCA to try and find their cats and, at the end of the day, they were, you know, less than a quarter mile away in somebody's place where they just couldn't get out of anymore. So, I mean, that that work is hugely appreciated, but more importantly, I think in the long term management of our community cats. I'm wondering, ha have you had any of your data incorporated? I mean, Nina and I have both been out, I guess, pre-COVID and looked at how their data was collected and how we're supposed to be looking at, at, at our populations here in San Francisco. Um, but most of their data doesn't have the type of follow-up and the type of accuracy that, that even though you have a small n, your n is, and by that I just mean the number of cases that you've been following, you have a very, well, a, a more comprehensive aspect of what's ha happened to these animals versus like I saw a mother cat and three kittens in this corner three months ago and I'm reporting it. Have you had any feedback from community cats in terms of collecting your data and knowing how that's been incorporated? From community cats, I'm sorry. When you the SPCA, uh, oh. yes, a group that's um, independent from their spay neuter clinic, independent from ACC, works by their own rules to sort of assess what exactly is going on with the non-owned cats that are in the, in San Francisco? I, I assume from your surprise look they, that you're not working with them to report any data. No, I haven't. Um, I guess because it's, I haven't thought, it, no, I haven't. But they haven't reached out to you and it hasn't been. No, but also maybe because um, their own, their, Cats with guardians and community cats. I'm assuming you're talking about cats that are living colonies or just are outside that have feeders. 
typically it overlaps. Um, oh, that's true. That's that true. Are just outdoor in the community that sometimes may have three or four or five owners, but sometimes they're unneutered and still reproducing. Oof. They fit into this same category. And when we're trying to observe how many animals are out loose in a neighborhood, um, that's, that's part of the sort of census data that they're, that they're gathering. And I was just wondering if you were, if, if that was at all incorporated. No, I can't say that I have. Okay. Just, yeah. just curious. That's not bad. I mean, you're yeah. doing a great job on the, uh, on the, the number you're dealing with, but, um, we're as an observer, we're just trying to figure totally. out how accurate their, their numbers are. Interesting. And I wonder if some of my um, wonderful community cat trappers like Nadine and Paula um, and Jude, I wonder if they would have any information on that. Um, yeah, sorry. That's okay. Just, just curious. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Van Horn. Do we have any other questions or comments before we open it up for public comments? Um, Chair Torres, uh, I have a couple yeah. of questions. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, please proceed, um, Commissioner Irani. Thank you. Um, Dami, again, thank you for sharing your commitment and passion with us. Um, I have a couple questions. One is just kind of logistical, so I'll leave it for the end. But the other is, um, you know, I'm, I imagine I know that a lot of cats are still missing or perhaps forever missing. And I wanted to know in your expertise kind of in an ideal world, um, what would help find those cats so that we could have the least number of cats that were forever lost um, or missing for a long, long time? Um, in your presentation, you mentioned kind of the most effective way of finding these cats is manpower, like going door to door and in person. Um, you also mentioned kind of one of the big problems is some guardians you know, either don't care enough or they don't um, just aren't willing to put in the work. And so, you know, maybe these are pieces of the puzzle that, you know, could help be solved or is there something else that, you know, could really, really help other than everything you're doing? More people helping um, and uh, as mentioned earlier, uh, it would be great if there was a platform like one platform <laughs> you know i wish it was like everyone knew just one platform and everyone who just uses that whether it's next door or pavus or what the heck out you know that would be really helpful um and um i know that there are other folks there's some folks like um online that i that do their spiels and give their guidance to people. And so I'm always um, communicating with them, especially if I go on vacation, I'm like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna be, can you make sure to, sorry that I'm gonna be gone and I'm gonna do it, but I, I but please can you like just be extra vigilant? It's like if we had a few people in each city, basically. I know we're talking about San Francisco, but just like, I guess more people, I don't know, sorry. I. I, I these are great questions. Great questions. And even my husband was saying like, wait, you're going to present. I mean, you're just like a lone ranger, but a lot of people that do cat rescue are like lone rangers. They have their friends. I know 
so many of these cat rescue people they go out and TNR cats and feed cats and they no one even knows they just save hundreds of cats you know and and prevent a lot of um reproduction happening um so i don't know this uh, just something to think about i, I appreciate that just something to bring us together we we I definitely, I'm on a message board with trappers and it's just fascinating to learn all their work. And um, sometimes it does cross over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, gosh, that's such great questions. I feel kind of inadequate. Like I, I'm like, I don't know, I haven't done anything like that yet, but it would be great. I would love to have a team, <laughs> you know? So, but along the way, there are some folks that are always like, well, I can help. I'm always like, you know, pay it forward. Um, you know, if you if there's someone on your block, you know exactly what to do. One person kept a trap. I was like, yeah, come on, you you have more cats out there. You saw that, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, some of these questions don't have answers yet, and so I think I'm also asking just to know, you know, what we as a commission or as commissioners could do also, and. I think even just coming here and, you know, presenting and helping educate us and everyone in the public also goes a long way in getting the word out. So, um, yeah, these are all pieces of the puzzle. So, um, yeah, my last question is what GPS tracker do you use? Because I was not aware that there was one. I have air tags and I use those and they're great, but they glitch. Yeah, they glitch, and if it's dark, they don't work, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 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 sometimes it says your cat's way the heck out. I'm like, oh, my God. So the GPS tracker I use, and it's not the best, but it's Tractive, T-R-A-C-T-I-V-E. So it's like 50 bucks, and then you pay a monthly fee, but they ask for the monthly fee like um, a year in advance, so it's a chunk. I think I paid like two years or something, and you have to charge it every three days, or it will die right when you're looking for your cat. Because I just, I was looking for one of my cats. I was like, freaking charger. I'm like, so I have to have an AirTag and a GPS. So that's the only thing. I don't get it. We have we have extraordinary. Uh, we have you know Rover and Mars that can just like bring back stuff. Or I mean, we have the technology, but we need someone to make a better track um, GPS tracker. That is not ginormous, you know what I mean? But um, that's the best one I have found, but I am open to anything. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Irani. Um, any other questions before we open up for public comment? Okay, uh, seeing none. Is that correct? Yeah, okay, great. Okay, um, I'm gonna open up for public comment. Members of the public who wish to make a comment, on this agenda item should hit star three on their phone to be added to the speaker's queue. Uh, let me check. Okay. Um, because of the number of calls, I think I'm okay with um, monitoring um, Commissioner Rosenwhite, um, but if I could still have Commissioner Portier keep time, that would be great. Okay. So I'm going to start with caller number 10. Okay, caller, your line has been unmuted. You can offer your comment, please. Hi, this is Maria Conlin um, from Gimme Shelter Cat Rescue. Just wanted to say thank you to Damia for all the great work that she does. I always see her, um, every time I see a paw boost, I always see her commenting on it. And immediately I know that the cat is at least covered if people reach out to her. 
But I just also wanted to reiterate why this is so important, why ACC takes in healthy cats and kittens and reverse their policy. I mean, just like her saying that some people just don't care about their cats. What happens to those cats? Where do they end up going, you know? So there, there are the people that are really dedicated and will do whatever to find them, but they're the ones that just don't care. So those are the cats that we need to help. Um, and then I also wanted to reiterate the reinstating of the CIP hold. I mean, the kitty, I can't remember the kitty's name, but how important that is, you know, that cat, she wanted to bring him in or her in, and she didn't want her to be euthanized, and she was willing to take her. And that used to be the case. We used to be able to, you know, um, put a hold on a cat, a, a member of the public would be able to, and, and be able to help that cat or dog um, or animal, whichever, um, and that now we can't do that anymore. So, but again, just want to say thank you so much, Damia, for all the work you do. And she's definitely, she's helped us. And we first met because of that kitty. Um, I don't remember what his name is now, Bubba. I don't know, it was Tommy. Anyways, yeah. that was great. And he was a super nice cat, you know, uh, he did not pass behavior at animal care and control and he would have been returned to the streets. So he did not have to, he's a super nice kitty. So thank you, that's it for me. Thank you, Maria, for your comments. Um, we're going to go on to caller number 11. Hey, you've been unmuted. You can offer your comment, please. Um, yeah, this is Rebecca Ward, and I have a couple of questions. Um, I have two kitties now that were abandoned kitties back in 2008 during that financial crisis. Um, and even though they were not completely feral, they did go through trap, neuter, and return. Um, and now, of all of the ferals I've been feeding since 2008, they are the only two that are left and they're inside with me now. Um, one has been inside for about 10 years, the other has been inside only for about a year and a half. Um, but I'm curious uh, if you're finding out there more as you're looking for cats that have been reported lost, if you are finding cats that have been abandoned. Um, so that's question one. Um, if so, what's happening with those cats? Are the community cats people doing TNR for those cats? Um, since if they're healthy, they're not going to SFACC. Um, and then my final question is whether or not ACC has reached out to you um, or anyone else that you know in the rescue community to try to get a handle on the cat populations and what's happening with, with lost, abandoned, um, and feral cat communities. So those those are my questions. Thank you for your comments, uh, your questions and comments. Um, Damia, just to let you know, usually when we take public comment as commissioners, when we take it, we are usually instructed, you know, just to basically just listen to the comments. But I know for presentations, they also have questions. So I'll leave it up to you if you want to respond to those questions. And if so, would you want to do so now or listen to the rest of these comments and then respond to the questions? Oh, I can respond um you know i i've been kind of well i haven't connected with community cats or having anyone else trapped pretty much with every case i've kind of been lucky and it's just been the cat that i'm looking for pinpointed in the backyard in the front yard while we're watching kind of thing um but like the one person had a bunch of cats come back and so she kept my trap and she's supposedly trapping and and getting them fixed um but i uh i i kind of i shouldn't say i leave that to my uh trapper 
colleagues, but kind of sort of because um, I mean, but if if I came across, that's a different thing. Actually, that's a good point because I currently have feeders on Cook Street because we couldn't find a lost cat and the guardian stopped looking and wouldn't help and moved and and I had a camera there to capture this cat and instead there's three cats that come and I flyered and uh, I didn't go over this in the presentation and I still check the camera once a week to review the footage I found out that one person does own a cat they look healthy and one has a collar I know they can't be just eating this food, so I'm kind of like, I kind of eventually have to trap them and I just haven't, I haven't had the bandwidth for now. I've just been having uh, nice neighbors, three neighbors feed them, they alternate nights and I supply the food and watch what's happening. Um, so I'm sorry, I, I, I really, um, I'm kind of, yeah, I don't, I haven't helped enough in that way, I suppose. Thank you so much. Let me go ahead and go on to the next caller. Uh, caller 22. Hey, your line has been unmuted. You can offer your comment when you're ready. Hi, um, my name is Nadine May, and I wanted to thank Damia for all the incredible work that she has done. I don't know how she does it with a full-time job and family obligations and everything else, but she does it. Um, my comments, a couple of comments, this ties in directly with the ACC policy of not taking in straight cats. We have seen more abandoned cats since the pandemic started. I mean, there was actually a person is that these cats are microchipped and we call these people and they're like, no, I don't want the cat anymore. I left him outside so you, you can have him. And Andrew, one of the cats that Damia talked about was actually microchipped. We tried to find, we tried to get a hold of the person he was microchipped to. They never responded. So these are all examples of abandoned cats. And these cats should be taken in by ACC. Um, there are other situations where I've been informed of, for example, a white cat who was found on a rainy evening on Taylor Street, young woman found the cat, couldn't find the owner, couldn't take the cat home because of her pet policy in her apartment. And she finally found the person who had just moved into the neighborhood. But ACC responded that they could not take the cat because it was not an emergency. It turned out that the cat was completely deaf and had just moved to the neighborhood with its owner and would not have survived the night probably if the owner had not been found. So I think it's super important that ACC go back to its original policy of taking all cats that are found out there, abandoned, lost, stray, whatever, and bringing them to safety at animal care and control. And that ties in with the CIP policy. It's absolutely essential, essential. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, Nadine. Okay, we're going to go on to caller number nine. Hello, you can start your comment when you're ready. Hi, I'm Patricia Briggs again. Damia, you are an incredible dynamo. Um, you're such a caring person. I 
worked with you just a little bit on Nextdoor, and I can't believe that uh, you can do all this for free. I think you really should be paid at least a nominal fee to reimburse you for all the, the, the making flyers and all the time you spend, and it, it really is a full-time job. And I just wanted to add, I'll, and thank you, by the way, for using the term guardian rather than owner. Um, it elevates the status of animals if we refer to them as gar- uh, guardians, which they're supposed to do now in the city of San Francisco was an ordinance made by the late great Elliot Katz of In Defense of Animals um, many, many years ago. Um, anyway, I just wanted to say really quickly, another thing about cats is we all know that the, the, we who work with them, they have literally a sixth sense. They pick up vibes from us all the time. For example, I went to give our cats Cheriston flea medicine the other day, and you just start unscrewing, you know, unscrewing the, the top on it, and they, <laughs> they know it's coming. Even tame cats, they run away. And they're also, when you're going trapping, um, they're really attuned to the sound of the metal uh, when the trap is sprung. And if you get the wrong animal, the, the trouble with this, with cats, you can't screw up or make mistakes because they're they're too smart for us. So you have to watch out for all these sounds that they're attuned to. And they know even after one time, they know a sound that's a negative sound and they will run away. So um, anyway, thank you so much, Damia. You're, again, you're an amazing person. You had a great speech there. Okay, thank you so much, Patricia, for your comment. Okay, that was all. Looks like that's all the the comments. So we are going to close public comments. All right. Okay. Well, um, Damia, thanks again. Um, we really appreciate you being with us here tonight. And again, apologies for the confusion at the very beginning as far as trying to access the meeting. Um, I want to thank as well. Um, Commissioner Ozenoy for assisting with the presentation, as well as Commissioner Rani for bringing your amazing work to our attention. Um, again, we're all really inspired by your um, compassion, dedication, and care helping cats. Uh, and again, we thank you so much for your presentation and for sharing your evening with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for coming by. Thank you. Incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Good you so night. much. Good night. Okay, great. Okay, so moving on uh, to old business reporting from animal care and control. Um, animal care and control report regarding outcomes for animals and ongoing operations. Uh, Dr. O'Neill, please feel free to start your report when you're ready. Okay, um, I will start with what is in the shelter currently. So um, we have, I think we have a total of three birds. Everybody's kind of in different rooms because we're doing some kind of moving around. Um, 27 cats, 64 dogs, and um, 24 small mammals, those will be rabbits and guinea pigs. We also have five rats in residence, um, a turtle, and a variety of wildlife um, that's still waiting to be transferred. Um, we just had our last cats and kittens come back from foster last week. So everything in foster is um, guinea pigs and rabbits. I have some more at my house if anyone's interested. <laughs> um, so that's the numbers. Um, luckily, the shelter's done pretty well with all the rain and the storms. Um, we haven't had any issues. The yard flooded pretty well. It's still pretty swampy, but um, other than that, um, we've done pretty well as far as that goes. Um, 
I wanted, I think all the commissioners got this information already, but just um, for the interest of the public, um, when we had talked before about kind of tracking um, calls at the front desk gets about um, diverting intake for um, cats. Um, so started tracking, I think the end of October. So just to get a nice round number from November 1st through December 31st, um, there's been five of those calls. Um, three were cats that the officers saw in the neighborhood who were healthy. Two, um, the other two were um, older litters of kittens that were referred to community cats. So just in context, um, the front desk had 3,457 calls and animal control responded to 1,816 calls. So the front desk is continuing to kind of keep a log of those conversations. Um, other than that, I don't have a lot of other updates that haven't already been covered. Okay, uh, great. Do we have any questions or comments from um, commissioners? Commissioner Van Horn. Hi, Dr. O'Neill. Happy holidays. Um, I'm I'm going to make the assumption that you're still working with not enough technicians. You can keep asking, but the number is the same. Um, we are just working on um, budget requests and the instructions from the mayor's office were 5% um, cuts this year, 8% cuts next year. So I think pretty much whatever money um, we're saving from positions being open, not in my division, but just in general, um, you know, may not be filled because that will be part of the cut concern. In regard to those finances, I'm, I'm assuming that the Manny's appearance um, by your director is geared primarily at garnishing donations, um, even though it's geared as a Q&A because we have a monthly Q&A that she could come to here rather than, you know, serving you up as somebody that is a go-between as far as actual questions we want to ask. And I'm sorry to put you on the, uh, you know, but I, I've made the point before. I don't think that this is, should be your job to have to answer a lot of these political questions. And the fact that she's offering tickets at Manny's to come down and, and ask questions is just a little bit of an insult to us that, you know, actually show up and want to talk to her once a month. Um, and I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how the invite went for that particular venue. I know that they seem to they're cycling through a lot of the departments. So I, I don't think there's any specific topic that's going to be covered. I mean, as far as me being here, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't seem adequate enough to represent the agency, but I've been part of the commission for Please a don't. long time and I'm part Please of the management of, of the shelter. And Virginia doesn't make all her decisions in a silo. I mean, yes, she does have final say on a lot of things, but I mean, this is something that we discuss as a group um, with the folks that have experience in different areas. So I'm not sure why it uh, it's a problem for me to to be here, but I, I will pass that along um, yet again. 
I, I'm going to put it the other way. I don't think it's a problem for you to be here. I, I think we welcome you and we have always appreciated you being here. I just feel like sometimes what you're being asked to do isn't your job. And I'd like to ask her directly some of these questions rather than, than you being forced into a go-between. But I want you to know I love you. I mean, and everything that you've done so far in, in your job and everything, I think it's awesome. I'm just, I'm asking her for her to be here a little more often for us to ask questions. That's all. Well, I think all of us um, are taking on a lot more than what our job description is because we kind of have to. Um, I mean, there's a lot of holes in, as you pointed out many times before, in staffing and a variety of other things. So all of us wear three different hats that are outside of our job class, but we all want to be at SFACC and we want to make it work. So, I mean, that's just kind of, we've, we've accepted that and we're all willing to kind of take on the extra tasks. Uh, thank you, Commissioner. Um, Thank you for um, all I, you do is all I couldn't say before I was unmuted. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say though. Yeah, of course we we all we, we all appreciate your 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 work and your dedication and your sharing your expertise, Dr. O'Neill. But I mean, there there has been times in the past when questions have come up, and they're not really questions that you're able to answer, and are more you know probably Virginia type of questions. So I think, I mean, that's that's something I've noticed in the past. But again, it's not questioning. Uh, anything that you tell us or any any time you've been here or any and you know we definitely appreciate all the information especially in the reporting that you provide but you know there are some some staffing questions perhaps you know and, and maybe some budgetary questions that have been asked in the past um in fact i have a question too kind of along those lines talking about the 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 five percent and eight percent cuts uh, that have been requested by the mayor how does that impact um the AO, the acos um but also too um, you know, as you know, we've been receiving a lot of comments concerning um, Tony's kitty rescue. And one question that I did have about it was just concerning um, what's going to be the foster animal position um, that'll help with, with cats and kittens. Um, when will that position be posted and is that position going to be affected by, by the cuts? Um, hard to say. I know that um, we're pretty far along into the animal care attendant and the animal control officer. Um, the piece that was already moving that was kind of with HR for some time. So um, we've had applicants and their exams have been graded. And I think that they're, you know, probably at the interview process for now. We've had a lot of people that were kind of classified as temporary hires because HR has been so slow. So, I think that, you know, the point of them moving this along is to try to get those folks off of the temporary um, piece and, um, you know, some people may be reapplying for their same job type of thing, but just to kind of formalize that and get the position um, settled, if that makes sense. Um, as far as the foster coordinator position goes, I, I don't know. I know that um, HR has the job description. Um, which will basically be like, you know, all species. I mean, we've had right now, we've got everything in different, different parts. So we've got one person that handles rabbits and guinea pigs, and we've got another person that handles, you know, cat behavior fosters. And then we've got, um, 
you know, kittens and cats, and then, you know, dogs are over here. So uh, the, it just, it's not making sense to have it all separate. And it's, you know, it's confusing um, for us and for the fosters. So the idea is to kind of have an umbrella foster coordinator that's going to manage all of that. Sadly, it's only a part-time grant funded position. So um, it's, in a, it's one of those, this is a little bit funny in that way um, where they're in city employee, but this actually funded um, through a friend's grant. So I'm not sure. Um, HR has been, I, as you know, kind of slow to get all these things through. So, I mean, basically what's going through now is what has been in the pipeline already. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it does. And I have one more question too, considering the fact that this is a grant funded position. Are there other grant funded positions over at SFACC? There are a few and they're mostly in the behavior and training department. A lot of those folks are part-time. Um, and so, you know, they're kind of, they've got, uh, they've got a really small team, just like I do. They have, um, a supervisor who's full-time and then they've got three folks that are part-time. So they're kind of cobbling together all their hours to get uh, all their work done. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Any other questions or comments from commissioners before we open it up for public comments? I have. I have a question. Um, Sherry, you can maybe you can um, educate me on this because I might be working with old information here, but um, we've had a lot of rain lately. And I remember that during the rainy period is when you see the uptick in the number of kittens that are born. And um, that's when I know Tony would get pretty much slammed with a lot of fosters at one time. Are you ready for that? Is this still true? Um, if the position isn't hired, how is ACC going to handle the fostering um, with the thin staff that you already have? Right. What, can, what can you do temporarily um, to address uh, an obviously impending and encroaching need? Yeah, I mean, based historically, based on the numbers last year, I'm hoping we won't see a, a big influx of kittens until spring. This is typically kind of low season. Say foster is kind of empty. I mean, we do still, it never really goes away. I will say that. Um, so we have a little bit of time to prepare. I mean, we had kind of a all, not all staff, but a large meeting with all those people that I was talking about with all the different moving parts. Um, and basically, I, you know, realistically, do I think that that job will be filled by spring? No, I don't. Um, and so what we're trying to do is, you know, plan plan for operations um, without that person in place and kind of lay the groundwork and then, you know, whomever fills it, you know, depending on their experience may need, you know, more training up and just, you know, understanding the ACC process. It depends if it's someone interested internally or not. It kind of depends on the individual that comes to us. Um, so each of us have taken a piece um, of the puzzle. Um, we're also kind of working on knowing what fosters are going to return um, for us. So um, we're just trying to get in touch with everyone who's fostered before and see who wants to continue. And we'll certainly have to do some recruiting and some training, um, which will probably start at the end of February. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I would imagine that you lost a lot of fosters that that um, stayed with Tony or are continuing to work with Tony. I just, I don't know how um, that works. We had 
the largest list of fosters, I think, was around 73, 75. Mm -hmm. um, but of that list, there was a lot of folks on the list that either maybe fostered once or never, never really got started, never really took kittens. Um, so there was probably at the height of the season, I should have this chart in front of me, I think there were 100 kittens in foster and there were probably 35 homes in use at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was kind of peak. Um, so I know that we have 13 committed returning, um, but you know we're still waiting for some people to get back to us. So I'm not sure what the numbers will be. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, any other questions or comments before we open it up for public comments? Okay, I don't see any hand raised either on the dashboard or via the camera. So I'm assuming we're okay. Let's let's open up for public comment. Um, members of the public who wish to make a comment on this agenda item should hit star three on their phone to be added to the speaker's queue. Uh, let me see if we have any comments right now. It looks like we have a couple. Um, if I can ask for Commissioner, or I'm sorry, Commissioner, yeah, for TA to assist with timing again, that would be great. Okay, we're gonna start with caller number 10. Okay, your line's been unmuted. You can provide your comment, please. Hi, this is Maria Conlon. Um, I was just surprised to hear that the update from ACC and this relationship with Tony's Kitty Rescue was terminated after her being there for 20 years and it wasn't part of the updates, or at least it was, I missed it. Uh, I actually got my start fostering with Tony's Kitty Rescue. That was my first fostering experience. And I mean, I. I'm just really disappointed that ACC leaders decided to terminate that relationship with her. Um, I just wonder how you expect at having, first, I am a person that manages cat fosters, how you expect one person to be able to be the master of all the different species. I mean, have different specific needs. You have to know specifically a little bit about those types of animals to make sure they're placed in appropriate kinds of fosters. Um, also, you know, the uptake in kittens, um, Interesting, just responding to um, Commissioner Tobin's um, comment, um, you know, it will, it, there are going to be more kittens anyway this year because there's been more unfixed cats left outside because of this policy that ACC has implemented. Um, I'm also interested, like, 100, you have 100 kittens in fosters. I mean, kittens get sick, they have diarrhea, they have all kinds of issues, and then you have one person managing all that. But really, my biggest disappointment in ACC is that they terminate with us so dedicated to taking care of the cat. So um, anyways, that's all. Thank you. Thank you for your comment, uh, Maria. We're going to go on to caller number 27. Hey, your line's been unmuted. You can start your comment when you're ready. Hi, this is Nadine May again. Um, I have several questions for Dr. O'Neill, which I am assuming she will not answer. But one of the questions is why is why is ACC giving the impression that Tony left voluntarily? She was fired for no good 
menopause. I think that's really important. Another thing is that, unfortunately, the idea of the kidney season ending in November is no longer valid because of global warming. A friend of mine who does trapping recently trapped a cat who was pregnant. This is in January. A cat who was pregnant in January. So there will be kittens and ECC is not taking in healthy straight cats. So there's no way of knowing whether all the cats roaming around are pregnant, are fixed. So you're going to get more and more and more cats and more and more kittens. And ACC's policy of no longer taking um, kittens over three months has impacted all of us who do trapping. I am right now trying to socialize seven kittens who would not have been accepted by ACC. That's not something I relish doing. Thank you. Okay, thank you, uh, Nadine. Going on to caller number 13. Your line's been unmuted. You can start your comment when you're ready. Hello, this is Elva again. Um, I'd like to ask the commissioners to find out how and who is vetting rescue partners because I've been made aware that one rescue partner that supposedly knew how to bottle feed had no idea of how to bottle feed. And, um, even though they may have 200 rescue partners, if they don't know what they're doing, that that's not going to benefit the animals. Um, and um, I guess that's my comment on that. Thank you. Thank you, Elva, for your comments. Um, we're gonna go on to caller number nine. Okay, your line has been unmuted. You can begin your comment when you're ready. Hi there, I'm Patricia Briggs. Um, I too was devastated to hear that Tony Sestak was let go of. Um, if a situation is not broken, as they say, don't fix it. Um, I, I don't know what the real story is, but too often these are people issues, and I, I just hate to see the animals get caught up in people issues. I was reading a story but about the Animal Rescue Foundation, Tony LaRussa, who was, of course, long ago, former manager of the Oakland A's, a wonderful animal person with his wife daughters, and it was saying that um, his wife and daughter wants him to um, kind of resign from the board of directors because they're not ha happy with the way it's being run, that there's a sort of quote-unquote toxic work environment, and again, I, usually this is a people-people situation, and again, I, Tony steadfastly said he was going to continue with it, but we, we can't, I, I don't know what's going on, and I'm not going to try to even think of what might be going on, but uh, I, I think Tony should be taken back because it's 20 years of experience and she's worth her weight in gold and um, there's nobody else that's going to equal her. So uh, that's all I have to say. Okay, thank you very much, Patricia, for your comment. Let me just double check. Okay, it looks like that's all the calls we have in the queue. Okay, great. Thanks. Um, Dr. O'Neill for your report and thank you to everyone who called in to provide a comment. Okay, so uh, moving on to commission governance. Uh, 
The commission will discuss any individual work plans for the new year and vote on a resolution allowing to continue to meet remotely. Uh, before we open up for, for discussion, I'd like to talk a little about what I hope to work on this year. Um, and then we'll open up to any um, commissioners who would like to, um, to, to present what they are, what their plans are for this year as well. So um, one thing I'm going to continue with is continue with our commission name change and the other changes, revisions to the ordinance uh, that we voted on um, a couple of years ago now. Um, as most of us might remember, we have a supervisor who is sponsoring it, but right now um, the revisions and the edits are still with the city attorney's office for their review and approval. Um, it's been there a very long time. And I've received a few questions concerning it, but I haven't received anything recently. Um, I am hoping for a progress report real soon concerning this, um, and I'm hoping that it'll um, take place very, very soon. Um, another thing I want to work on is trying to continue to find department oversight. Um, as you know, we all know, we were created in an ordinance under the Department of Public Health, but um, a lot of our administrative um, areas are now under the city administrator's office. So it's often confusing for us um, to try and get any kind of resources or to try and get any kind of assistance because every department um, has its own like help desk, for example, their own technology area. Um, and so a lot of times when I'm calling or asking for any kind of assistance in order to run meetings, I kind of get this where, you know, kind of like you go to this office or you go to this person. Um, thankfully, I, I have a relationship now with a number of um, employees um, who I've been working with now for years, it seems like. Um, so I'm able to find that assistance relatively easy, but um, there's still, there's, it still always comes up for anything that's, that's out of the ordinary or anything that does happen. Um, so it would be nice to finally get this resolved soon. So I've been working with um, um, one of the departments and they've offered a couple suggestions. Um, one of the ones is possibly um, and I hope I'm not speaking out of term here, but um, possibly um, being overseen by the Board of Supervisors, um, have them be our oversight. Um, from what I understand, there is one supervisor who is interested in pursuing it, but I'm not too sure about more, but hopefully, you know, we'll get this issue addressed very, very soon too. Um, the other thing I'm trying to help with is transitioning our website to the new um, template. Um, as everyone knows, just recently we assisted with moving our website from sfgov.org to sf.gov. Um, and um, under the new website, um, there's actually two templates. And one is a department template as well as a public bodies template. Of course, we fall under public bodies. Um, what they're trying to do now is instead create kind of a generic, quote unquote, agency template, which everyone will fall under. And this will be great because um, if you've looked at like, let's say City Hall's website versus ours, you can see there's a lot of differences there. Um, we'll now be able to post more images. Um, we'll also be able to post widgets that will assist with maybe um, trying to connect um, and direct people to other information, um, other areas um, to receive their information. And in addition, uh, we'll also be able to, to post um, news items and other things of interest. So there, there's a lot more, um, functionality with it. So um, from what I understand, this transition is going to be happening either later this month or early next month. And of course, there'll be um, ongoing maintenance and upkeep of it. But uh, this will be a big step because it'll, it will be able to reach even more people and more people will be able to access our, our website for more information. Um, 
And then last, one of the things I'm also working on individually is trying to find a representative for the Department of Public from the Department of Public Health. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when I was kind of going over an overview of the commission, we have four um, department reps who work with us on an as, on an as needed basis. Of course, we have um, Dr. O'Neill. Um, we have also um, a representative from um, Department of um, Rec and Park, and then we also have one from the um, San Francisco Police Department. Um, we should also have one from the Department of Public Health, but it's been a real struggle to try and get um, someone to commit to it. Um, in the past, um, they have said it's because of COVID-related issues, uh, but we're hoping that, um, you know, that at this point that we should be able to get some sort of support from that office because there are a lot of um, issues that um, that would interact with um, that department, and it would be great to get their insight into certain things. You know, um, this has been a challenge. I know that other commissioners have tried um, to get um, some sort of representation from that department with no luck. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, that eventually we will be able to, but this is something I will be working on. As concerning items I would like to see happen on the commission this year, uh, there's two items in particular. Um, when I'm hoping that we can come up with a recommendation concerning the admissions policy for healthy cats and kittens at ACC, I'm hoping that um, with the information that we provide, we've received so far, um, as well as um, a possible um, presentation next month, that this should be something that we should be able to to um, to um, discuss and possibly introduce um, within the next few minutes, maybe in March. Um, I'm also hoping that we can start working on a glue trap ban in the city, and I'm hoping that this can be um, looked at and introduced by the end of the year. Um, if anyone has any questions concerning any of these, or if anyone would like to, um, you know, introduce or, or talk about what they hope um, to um, work on this year, or what they hope that the commission works on, um, I'd love to hear it. Um, is there anyone who would like to to go next, <laughs> Commissioner Tobin? Yeah, I'm happy to talk yeah. about. It. There's there's a lot of secretarial Secretary. duties that are going to come up, including. Um, that meeting that I have to go to, I'll learn a little bit more, including one of the topics there is the racial equity um, plan that they have for the commissions. So that might actually illuminate some things you'd mentioned earlier, Anne-Marie. Um, so it, I'll provide any kind of recap from that. As far as the education series goes, I have put together a spreadsheet and I'm going to send it to everybody afterwards. So if you have areas of interest that you'd like to see presentations on or more, um, you know, ideas on speakers, please include that in the um, in the, the the spreadsheet because it helps us build the agenda um, for the coming months and also helps us to. That's to really identify who the right speaker is going to be and be able to give them enough warning time to to join us at these meetings. Um, let's see. Um, also, I want to make sure that things that you're interested in and that we've heard from the public, both of, I mean, they're they're together actually, really that they're explored in this public education series. Um, as far as advocacy and welfare goes, um, just as an aside, kind of to push that our four part for folks that should be showing in our meetings, but aren't as advisors and that's the you know, police and rec and park and 
ACC and uh, Department of Public Health. Obviously, we have some people who show up all the time, but I have to show up to all the joint zoo and rec and park committee meetings. And I take that seriously. So I hope that I can impress upon people that should be here. Um, but oftentimes it takes an area of interest to pull people in. So with the you trying to bring in the Department of Public Health, um, Dr. Van Horn, you've mentioned this a couple of other times with the wet markets and with the um, avian flu, which Dr. O'Neill has mentioned, we might be able to bring in our friends from the Department of Public Health in just to bring just an area of interest that they, they are following and tracking. Um, I think it'd be incredibly helpful to the public to hear on those two topics. Um, and I also will continue to support the Homeless Youth Alliance with any kind of animal needs they have for the kids that are there with their pets, as well as try to report back to you to anything that Full Belly Bus and Vet SOS are doing with animals in the um, as part of the homeless um, groups, because I think it's really important for us to see how these animals are doing as well. Um, there's some marketing things as well, but um, in general, that's kind of it, and I'll just pass along this uh, spreadsheet to you. I really want to hear from you guys what you're interested in so we can make sure that we have a pretty robust year ahead of ourselves. That's all. Thank you for your contribution, and uh, thanks also for concerning the um, what you said about the, our, um, hopefully we'll get a rep soon from the Department of Public Health, which you mentioned as well, because that's very, very true. Um, any other uh, commissioners who would like to um, offer anything? And I'm sorry, did I hear something? You, okay. You've heard my opinions on in the past, and it's in past, uh, past uh, events, so no. Okay. <laughs> uh, any other one before we open up for public comment? Oh, actually, I'm sorry, before we go on to the next part of this, of this, um, of this item. Okay. Um, oh, yes, Commissioner Rosenberg. Oh, I just want to um, reiterate my support for the Craft Ban, which is the number one project of my work plan. Um, the city of West Hollywood in, in Southern California has actually already begun to uh, draft legislation. Um, and I feel like San Francisco should be at the forefront of the glue trap uh, ban uh, train. So um, stay tuned for more details and uh, Hopefully, by the end of the year, that'll be a reality here as well. Great, and thank you, um, Commissioner Rosenberg, for your research into this a very important item. Okay, anyone else? Sorry. Okay, uh, we will move on to the next item. I mean, to the next part of this item, which is a vote on the resolution to continue to allow us to meet remotely. Uh, the resolution making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 5495E. Uh, as the resolution covers a 30-day period, this resolution we will vote on will apply to tonight's meeting, as well as our February meeting, which will be held on February 9th. A text of the resolution has been uploaded to our website as a supporting document for tonight's meeting. Are there any questions before we open up for public comment and then vote on this resolution? Okay, uh, seeing none, let's see if there is anyone available or anyone who's interested in public comments. Okay, looks like we have, okay, um, I should probably say, um, 
if anyone is interested in making a public comment to please um, hit star three on their phone to be out of speaker queue. Okay, it looks like I see one caller. Okay, your line has been unmuted. You can offer your, your public comment, please. Thank you, Commissioner um, Tobin and Torres and Ozanoy. I'm really heartened to hear about the glue traps being revisited in the future meetings. Um, I was wondering, um, for the random thought, I, I mean, I hope that I mentioned about the live animal markets it doesn't just be a random thought that's added to the um, I, to the you know comments. How do I get that officially on the agenda? Because we even since COVID started, uh, we tried to make the um, issue with the health department. I'm glad you'd mentioned bringing a department DPH person on board because we had one on board the whole time when we worked on the live animal market issue 25 years ago. But how, how will we get this? Um, it's this very serious problem that ACC, who is responsible for, you know, doing prevention to help these animals, it's, it's going to work. How will we uh, get this on the agenda to talk about it and, and see if they can do that in the future? Because we have tried everything. There's nothing, nothing else that's going to work, uh, but, but maybe this will work just for preventative inspections at random. Okay, thank you for your comments. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, just, just kind of reiterating what we spoke about earlier, I'm hoping that once we, we get, um, a representative, we can go ahead and um, address some of these types of issues from um, from that department. But also, too, I mean, there is interest in a lot of different issues, and I know this is one of them. So I'm hoping within sometime in the upcoming year, we could probably relook at this um, important issue as well. Okay, um, let me see. I don't see any other comments, public comments in the queue, so we can close public comments. Okay, um, when I call your name, please uh, state if you're in favor of approving the uh, teleconference meeting resolution or no if you're not in favor. Um, Commissioner Chan? Uh, yes. Commissioner Fortier? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Irani? Yes. Commissioner Rosenoy? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Tobin? Yes. And Commissioner Dunhorn? Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, this resolution has been approved. Um, moving on to items to be put on the agenda for future commission meetings. Um, our next meeting will be held on Thursday, February 9th. This meeting will be held remotely. Uh, please reach out to me by Friday before our next meeting with any proposed agenda items and any supporting documents. For our next meeting, that will be by Friday, February 3rd. The agenda and any supporting documents provided by the commission by that time will be uploaded to our website sf.governor, I'm sorry, sf.gov, excuse me, forward slash animal commission by the Monday evening before the meeting. So for our next meeting, that will be Monday, February 6th. Next month's agenda will include an introduction of our new SFPD representative, Officer Greg Sutherland, ongoing reporting and sharing of news and special events from SF Animal Care and Control, and an update on in-person meetings and whether we will be meeting in person beginning in March. Uh, do any commissioners have any questions or anything else to add? No. Okay. Uh, seeing none, um, we can adjourn. Uh, thank you all for being a part of this evening's meeting. It is 741 and we are now adjourned.
Uh, thanks again to everyone for your particip participation and have a good night. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Thank you.